Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to a Friday edition of Locked On Warriors, the only podcast bringing you the latest on the Warriors every day, Monday through Friday. I'm Wes Goldberg, Warriors beat writer for the Mercury News. Thanks for tuning in on YouTube or on your favorite podcast app. I'm here in the bowels of Chase Center. I should say bowels. I'm in like a really cool like luxury suite that I'm not sure we're supposed to be in, in Chase Center with Connor Letourneau, San Francisco Chronicles beat writer uh, covering the Warriors. Connor, what's up, man? What's up? Uh, we are here... Uh, a couple hours after the draft, Bob Myers has already spoken with us about why it is that they took Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody. So let's talk about this draft. Like I said, Warriors take Kaminga at 7, Moody at number 14. And on the day that we saw several trades go down, including Russell Westbrook going to the Lakers, the big question now is, are the Warriors going to trade Jonathan Kaminga and, to a lesser extent, Moses Moody? And everything that I've heard is that they did not draft Kaminga with a trade in mind, that they don't intend to trade Kaminga at all, despite some of the rumors that they could be in on Bradley Beal or Ben Simmons or Damian Lillard. What are you hearing about uh, Kaminga and why it is that they picked him? They picked him because he's the best player available by far in terms of talent and long-term upside. Um, I think you know a lot of people aren't super high on him as a, as a top 10 pick or even you know top 7 pick, but you can't deny his physical gifts. You can't deny his scoring upside. You can't deny the fact that he was the only player the Warriors could have taken there who I think has legitimate all-star all-star potential. So that's why they took him. Yeah. But as far as the trade stuff, um, as you said on my pod recently, Kaminga probably doesn't have as much trade value as a lot of people are assuming. Right. There's a reason why he was falling the way he was. Um, and I don't think that... Bob or, or anyone like that can can bank on him being a trade asset when he's he's his stock is not cratering but it is falling. Right. And so if he was so valuable, he wouldn't have and, been falling down. Bottom cards. line, like if, unless you actually have a trade in the works, like you have the framework of a trade right. in the works, you don't draft a guy that early to trade him. So, you draft him because you like him. You, ha- you better darn like the guy you're drafting in the lottery. Yeah, I said this and I wrote this. You don't draft Kaminga to trade him, right? Unless You, ha- you have to either like him or want to be 100% sure that you have a deal in place. You can't draft Kaminga with the idea of, hey, this would be a more valuable player than, say, Franz Wagner or Josh Giddey or Moses Moody or somebody else at 7. Uh so we're going to take him without having any sort of framework or an idea of a trade that you have in mind. And I agree with you. There, I, I, I see why Kamingo was falling down draft boards, but I, I, I thought that the stuff against him was a little overstated, that he was, um, he was falling a little bit too far, and I thought people were knocking him a little bit too much. The fact is, in a league that is dominated by wings, he has so much more upside than anybody else in this draft to be kind of that type of wing that we see, like the the Giannis's, the LeBrons, the Kawhis, the Paul Georges. These are the guys that are winning championships. 
Mm-hmm. And if you're the Warriors, they're at number seven, and you think that you can make Kaminga that. Now, I'll be honest. I don't think I never thought that the Warriors should take Kaminga because I didn't think that they could even tap into that potential, and I still have my doubts about it. I'm, I, you were, we will wait and you see. You were the most anti Kaminga person I've talked to. Oh, anti Kaminga for the Warriors. I actually like Kaminga as a prospect. I just never thought that the Warriors had the resources to tap into that potential. Right, so even if they thought he could be the next Kawhi Leonard, I was like, maybe he could do that somewhere else, but he'll never become that in Golden State because they don't have the playing time and then all the track record of developing guys. Maybe they'll prove me wrong. They certainly think that they can. I do feel good about the changes they've made to their coaching staff, the player development staff. Bob Myers gave a good uh, answer today when he was asked about the changes. He he gave really specific examples of things Kenny Atkinson and you know the a couple of the other player development guys they've brought in have already been doing that have been really hands-on. They've been really active and involved in just the pre-draft process, and he believes that'll translate into um, the season. And I, I see what he was talking about, and he didn't he didn't specifically uh, talk down about what the previous regime, but I do think that there were some guys on that staff in the past who were a little bit more laissez-faire, and I think it'll they'll benefit, especially with those young guys, of, of having someone, French like Kaminga now. someone who is uh, is very hands-on. And I think Kaminga could benefit greatly from that. And look, when you're talking about Kaminga, you got to start the conversation with what he did in the first three games of the G League bubble. Because, look, you can talk about inconsistency, you can talk about the regression, all those things, and I understand but what I saw from Jonathan Kaminga in the first three games of the G League bubble, to me, screamed number one top pick generational talent. Yeah. I mean, I remember watching that game against Santa Cruz, which was the first game of the G League bubble, and I think texting you and yeah. a couple other people and being like, dude, this yeah. guy is the truth. And look, yes, did he get worse over the course of the bubble? Did his shooting numbers go down? All these things? Yes. But that doesn't change what I saw. That doesn't change the feeling I had watching him in those games. You can tap into that. Yeah. That is That doesn't just go away. No, I mean, he's got all the upside in the world. Absolutely. I still, like I said, I've got my questions about whether or not. The other thing that I have a problem that, that, that I'm concerned about, there... He is. I we know that he's raw, but just to put some numbers on it, um, he shot like twenty six percent from three point range. It was very very bad. Bob Myers cited the fact that he kept shooting as a positive. I'm not sure I view it as a positive. Like watching those games, it kind of sometimes felt like he was taking those jumpers not because he had a shooter's mentality, but because he just really didn't know what else to do. Right? Like he didn't know how to really get his own shot. He's got all the physical tools to go get his own shot I just he doesn't really know how to do it yet and so yeah maybe these player development guys uh could do what they did with you know Karis LeVert in the case of uh Kenny Atkinson or what the Toronto guy did with uh Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam and those kinds of guys maybe we'll see um the other concern I have with Kaminga is you look at his body of work he played 13 games in the G League he played a little bit more than 400 minutes in the G League, um, I that when you compare that to some of the other players that were on the board, like a James Booknight or a Franz Wagner, two guys that were also on the Warriors board, um, those guys those guys over the course of their college career played like four times as many minutes as Kaminga did prior to getting into the NBA. 
It's not as bad as Wiseman playing 69 minutes over three games before leaving Memphis, but it's still a really small sample that we saw Kaminga, and it's a lot less experience that Kaminga is bringing previous to getting into the NBA than some of the other guys on the board. So he's he's a lot further along, or he's a lot he's got a lot longer ways to go based on that kind of thing and everything that we saw on the court than other guys that were on the board who I think could have been more ready to contribute right away. And to build off that, there's a lot of ways to explain why he looked raw at the bubble. You look at the context, you look at his story. This is a guy who is from the Congo, which is one of the poorest, most impoverished countries in the world. Um, you know, he, he he was playing basketball growing up just on a on a you know wooden crate, you know, and did not have organized leagues or those things to uh you know improve his skill set at a young age he didn't have the aau circuit and all those things and he was discovered at 12 years old at a, at a basketball camp by bismack biombo uh of the charlotte hornets and moved over stateside at, at 13 14 years old and then he went to three different high schools and so he never had any sort of uh, any sort of consistency in any sort of system. He was bouncing around all the time, and then he reclassified. So he keep in mind when he's at the G League bubble, averaging almost 16 points per game against grown men. He could have been, a, he should have been a senior in high school. Yeah, and I like the fact that he played in the G League, and I didn't shy away from that. I like that. I always said that, by the way, about Kaminga. I always like that he went into the G League, and you do wonder. What if you played in college? What if you threw Kaminga into the ACC or something? I'm just naming a conference for no a random conference. The numbers he would have put up again in college would have been way better than he did. He would have been an all-American. And he would have been all-American. Uh, I don't know if that would have impacted his draft status. I have no idea. It's impo- like that's a hypothetical, and I don't want to go down. I that actually level, think probably- that he could have been in the number one conversation if he had gone to college. I that's think, a little much. That's a little much just considering how good those other guys are and how polished they are. Like guys okay. like Cunningham and Jalen Green. And Number one in the typical draft is maybe how okay. I should have put that. Fair enough. What we do know is that the Warriors didn't draft Jonathan Kaminga to trade him. As far as we know, he will be on the regular season roster when the season begins. And so that's what we're going to talk about and what his role will be, what we expect from Moses Moody after the break. All right, so here we go. What do we expect from Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody right away? Let's start with Kaminga. What should his role be right away? I don't. I first of all, I think they need to learn from the James Wiseman situation. Uh, I think there's a lot of parallels uh, in terms of you know the lack of pedigree coming in, the lack of experience, the the need to have the pressure taken off of them. I think that. Uh, Steve Kerr and co need to come in day one and say, look, we know he's a top 10 pick, but we, we drafted him for his long-term potential. We don't really expect anything out of him this year. We're going to take the pressure off of him right now. We're going to put him in the G league and, you know, he can come back and forth. Maybe he'll get the occasional when there's injuries and what have you, he can get the occasional meaningful run with the warriors, but I don't think you should depend on him. For anything, I think he should be the go-to guy in Santa Cruz. You know, cater that team to him. Try to put him in a bunch of different scenarios and situations to try to, you know, round out his skill set, make him more of a fluid, polished player, um, and then hope that the following year he's in a position to at least have a rotation role on yeah. the team. Um, 
I agree. Look, I think he needs to spend probably the first half of the season in the G League. I just have my doubts about whether or not the Warriors will do it because of. I'm hoping they learn from the Wiseman experience. I think revamping the player development staff is a sign that they did. I think taking a guy like Manuel, uh, Manuel Moody, um, Moses Moody at 14 may indicate that they're learning from that, right? Because they could have said, hey, we took a wing here at 7. Let's go address a different position at 14. No, they said, let's double down. 7-14, let's go wing. Part of that Still is... Still technically different positions, but yeah. Yeah, well, I don't really know what Kaminga's position is right away in the NBA, but we know Some that... Some people think he's a 4. He's a 3 I, or a I think four. he could be. I think he'd be 4, and I think that the Warriors probably view him as like a 3-4 tweener. Uh, he's combo forward. Uh, Moody's more of a 2-3. That's fine. The, the idea is that you need to address perimeter right. guys, and, and so they did that with both picks. Uh, and they did that partly because the free agent class with wings is not great. Um, but they, I think they also did it because Moody is a guy who at least projects as somebody who can come in, make shots, add some depth. If Kelly Oubre and Kent Bazemore don't come back, you're going to need depth there. I still think, by the way, they need to make more additions at that position. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But um, there are signs already that they're learning from the Wiseman thing, and they're not going to screw it up like they did last year with Kaminga. Uh, they're not going to thrust Kaminga into the starting lineup the way they did with Wiseman. Right. They're and maybe they do play him in the G League for a little bit. I just again, I have a hard. I'm time not sure how him. he'll respond though if he has to. Spin. Yeah, he's a seventh overall pick, and I don't know how. Like, I don't. There's there's something to the fact of if you're a Warriors fan buying tickets, you might want to go see the number seventh pick at Chase Center, right? Like I, it you go tell Joe Lacob that you just took the seventh round pick, the seventh pick in the draft, and sent him to Santa Cruz. Like I, I just. I have my doubts about it happening, and I asked Bob Myers about it tonight, and he he didn't give me an answer. I don't think he was dodging it. I think the answer he gave me was actually a good one. He's like, I don't know. I haven't seen him play yet for us. We'll see after Summer League and stuff, uh, which is fine. Um, I just have my doubts. That I'll Summer League will be fun. It will. Summer League's going to be a lot of fun um, because it's in Vegas, but also because we'll see Jonathan. Can be <laughs> and play. Sacramento. I can't and, wait for Sacramento. Yeah, it'll be a good time. No, it, the, the, it's going to be really fun to just see him. And honestly, I would not be shocked if he looks better in an NBA environment than he did with G League Ignite. Well, he'll look better. He, the guys that he's playing in Summer League, for the most part, you're going to go against an occasional other top pick. But for the most part, those guys are worse than the guys who's playing with and against in the G League. Like in the G League, at least those players made the G League, right? Summer League is a lot of guys trying to make the G League. On on G League Ignite, he had Jalen Green, who was the number two pick in the draft. He had Isaiah Todd, who was the first pick of the second round. He had uh, Jared Jack, who was a long-time NBA veteran, veteran, Amir Um, Johnson. So that's where I think Kaminga, I hope they just bring him along slowly. Bob Myers is skeptical that Clay Thompson's going to be ready by the start of the regular season. Uh, So you could see Kaminga actually get minutes earlier rather than later because of that, right? Like there might be a point where he's getting a bunch of minutes. Then Clay comes back and he's getting fewer minutes. We'll see. Depends on how everything rounds out in free agency. Let's talk about Moses Moody because we haven't really talked about him a lot. 6'5"-ish wing, 7'1 wingspan. Hit threes at a relatively good rate, even though I think the degree to which he hit threes was a little overstated. People think he's a really good defender because he looks like one, but he wasn't really a great defender in Arkansas. Had a pretty bad tournament, but had a really good regular season um, for Arkansas. I'm okay with the pick at Moody. He was a guy that they were considering there at number seven for quite a bit, even though he that that they were a little bit cooler on him at seven. And but I think they still liked him enough for fourteen. Obviously, they did. Uh, Davian Mitchell went at number nine to Sacramento. That was one of the surprises. So he wasn't on the board. Chris Duarte goes thirteen to Indiana. 
So it's I wonder basically... who, who they take if Duarte's there. Because we know that he, they really like Duarte. I think they still would have taken Moody, though. Because he's younger, has more upside. I think they would have went... I think their board was Mitchell, Duarte, and then Moody. Okay. 14. But I could be wrong. I don't know. That was just That's my sense. Uh, but they end up with Moody. And there was, there was other guys there. Murphy was there. Corey Kispert was available. They didn't... Right? Yeah. Yeah. They didn't go he's with him. The they went player. Moody. Um... I think they went Moody again because of the upside relative to Kispert, who doesn't really project as a strong defender, and I think they want something like that. I, I didn't like Moody at all at seven. I like yeah. him a lot at fourteen. Exactly. I think I think I think Moody's gonna be a really good role player in the NBA for a long time. Um, I think best case scenario for him is someone like Danny Green. I think he's gonna he can That's be a good that, comp. I think he can be that like three and D, you know, hustle guy who has all the intangibles and serves winning in all the little ways. He plays really well off the ball. I think he's mm-hmm. going to fit well into the Warriors system. He's a smart player. Um, part of the reason why his stock fell was because he's not overly athletic, but um, I don't think he needs to be to be a, a helpful complimentary piece. He does not have near the upside of Kaminga, but I think he could end up being a better player for the Warriors. Um, Bob Myers likes his feel for the game. Okay. I didn't super see that in the in the film, but I didn't. I'm I'm sure I didn't watch as much as of him as Bob Myers and the rest of that scouting department did. He so. he was the best player as a freshman for a team that made the Elite Eight and was yeah. a surprising run to the Elite Eight. Um, it's not like he went to Duke or North Carolina. He went to Arkansas. Yeah, and played 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 for a former NBA coach, a former Warriors coach, and Musselman, and so. Um, you know, I think they ran a lot of NBA reads and sets there. Yeah. I think I think that I think that it'll be somewhat easy transition for him. You know, Bob made a said an anecdote of one of the player development guys was working with uh, Moody during a workout and was like, "See a junior or a senior?" And I understand that. Like he he comes off that way. He doesn't come across like he right. just turned nineteen. He yeah. just turned nineteen a couple yeah. months ago. Um, the other thing I like about him is in the couple times that we got to talk to him. Um, when he was a- after he worked out for the Warriors, he had one media session. They they met with him three times in the pre-draft process. So he was a guy who's been on their board for a very long time, or on their radar, I should say. And then uh, and then we talked to him right after the draft in a Zoom call. Really eager to just play a role, and I like that. Like he's not walking in saying, "Hey, I was a star for Arkansas for a Elite Eight team, whatever." No, he's ready to just play a role. I like that. I, th- I think he's got the right mindset. I think he's a guy who could just slide right in and play a role right away. Um, I want to zoom out and discuss this this move, uh, the, these moves, and if it gets the Warriors closer to competing in the West, because that's really the goal that we're talking about. But first, let's talk about Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has a ton of delicious flavors? There's something for everybody. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. And if you don't know the Built Bar flavors well, you're missing out. They have coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. Uh, my personal favorite, well, it's hard to pick. I'll tell you this. I just tried the cherry barcia for the first time. It's exactly, I don't know why it's, I think it's cherry garcia, Jerry garcia. It's like a Grateful Dead thing. Whatever the reason is, it's cherry with chocolate on it. That's awesome. Uh, if you haven't tried out all the flavors, you can get a mixed box. You'll get two each of nine flavors, so you can choose your own fave. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, they're healthy too. Check out these macros. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs, 
Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Go to Built.com, use that promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off on your next order. Again, use that promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. So as we know, Steph Curry, Draymond Green have been lobbying the Warriors to make moves to help them get back to title contention, get back to the playoffs after missing the playoffs for two years in a row. Steph's watching this draft uh, unfold on TV somewhere. We know he's on a trip somewhere. Draymond's getting updates in Tokyo. Do we think that they're happy with these picks, Connor? Well, apparently Draymond is. Apparently Draymond is. He's texting. Um, Draymond. It sounds like Draymond drafted for the Warriors. I know. And that was a great anecdote. And I, it's blowing up on my phone, my tweet yeah. about it. He uh, basically, apparently at the third or, after the third or fourth pick, Draymond texted Bob and said, Kaminga. Yeah. And, and, then, then, after, and then after the ninth pick, Draymond texted Bob and said, Moody. Yeah. After David Mitchell. Which, picked. keep in mind, like in those ranges, there was no guarantee of what was going to happen between yeah. that, that pick and the Warriors pick. And, you know, there was no guarantee if Kaminga would even be available at seven. Um, but, you know, I think Draymond knows his, his stuff. And Draymond is kind of obsessive. Mm-hmm. And I know Draymond probably watched film on all these guys and probably knows the, the inner workings of each of these guys' strengths and weaknesses. And um, I, th- I, I think it was important just from the, the lens of the fact that you have someone like Draymond, who's in his early 30s, who... His prime fits that win-now window, and he sets kind of a tone for the entire organization. He's coming out and saying to the guy making the decisions, I approve of these. Yeah. Yeah. That's big. It is. And it shows that, hey, you know what? Kaminga might not be able to play for us right away. Now, I don't know if that's what Draymond thinks. Maybe Draymond's sitting there thinking, I think Kaminga play for us right away. Maybe he thinks that. Um, We don't know. Uh, but at least shows that they're on board with these. That Draymond is on board. I don't find. I don't think that Steph is going to be off board. I guess is the other way that that phrase goes. Off board with any of these guys. I don't know if he had any preferences. It certainly feels like Draymond had some strong preferences. Clay Thompson was apparently involved, but probably not texting Bob Myers as much as Draymond. Um, I think they're fine with these picks, but I don't think that Draymond and Steph and Clay are sitting there. I'm like, all right, cool. Now we're ready to go compete. I, no, I think this is always going. It was always going to come down to free agency. And if anybody yeah. thought that the Warriors were going to take seven and fourteen and vault into title contention with just those two rookies, they're kidding themselves. I mean, I had somebody in the front office about a month ago just say, "Look, we understand that there's a need for upside and a need for uh, immediate contributors, but we're not looking at any of these rookies as guys who are going to be immediate contributors." Bob Myers says tonight, "We need flatly." We need to go out and get some guys. How many give times us did he bring right up free agency tonight? A ton. He brought it up every other second. I mean, it was crazy. So let's briefly talk about it. We're gonna have plenty of time to talk about free agency. It starts August second uh, on Monday, and then like a couple days later, people can actually officially sign stuff like that. What they did in the draft, I think, had free agency in mind. I mentioned it before. Bob Myers mentioned it tonight. They wanted to get wings because there's no there's no wing depth in. The free agent market. Very, very little, right? You got a couple top guys, that's it. Um, they don't expect Kelly Oubre to come back. Uh, Kent Bazemore, I don't 
expect to return. I think he's looking for a long-term deal after a really nice year with the Warriors and after a nice year with the Sacramento Kings the season before that. I think he's looking for a long-term deal, and I think he kind of wants to move to the East Coast. So that I don't expect either of them coming back. Uh, I don't know the other names. The Warriors will be watching Andre Iguodala, obviously. See if he's gonna if the if the Heat pick up his team option. If not, maybe he's somebody that you can get at the minimum. But I don't think you want that to use your mid level exception on that. I don't really want to go into a bunch of naming names, but I think that you need to add at least one guy on the on the perimeter there, and then you need to add a probably a third big man because you don't want to get stretch into a situation. Big. A stretch big would be nice. That would be like a luxury. I know that's what, that's what the Warriors are looking for, but at the very least, you just need to get a third big body in there because last year you lose one and you're playing small ball half the game. Um, which is not ideal, and then I think you want a veteran point guard. They and and Bob said that today that they yeah, they, need a, they need he a backup actually. point guard yeah a veteran backup point guard I think I think you're gonna fi- I think they're gonna end up signing like a a true proven uh, established backup point guard someone think, who's a, think, a rung or two above like the Brad Wanamakers of the world I think uh, with your mid level exception that's exactly what you tackle I look at a guy like Patty Mills. Corey Joseph, Bryn Forbes just opted out, but he's not really like that playmaker, set the table kind of guy. Good floor spacer, obviously one of the better three point shooters in the NBA. But I think that he he probably gets a more lucrative deal somewhere else coming off of that title run. But those are the two names I'm looking at: is Corey Joseph and and, and Patty Mills. Now there's other guys out there. I would, I'd like those, Patty Mills. Yeah, I think either one of those guys would be great. Yeah, I think I think that's probably what they're thinking as well. I think Patty Mills would maybe be option A. St. Mary's connection. St. Mary's, you know, he knows the area. Greg yeah. Popovich connection. Um, you know, they couldn't get Josh Giddy, so you might as well get his Australian team. You teammate. need at least one Australian, I think. Yeah. What do you think of Giddy at six, by the way? I was surprised, but not surprised, because, look, I had never heard Giddy's name for six, but I heard a lot of weird names for six, and never had I heard Book Knight. And apparently, I was listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board podcast the day of the draft. Go check that out if you haven't already. Locked on podcast listeners, um, and he said that a lot of that book night noise was coming from Book Night's camp. And the way that Book Night fell, it would make sense that they were maybe trying to pump him up a little bit. Yeah, maybe he was never a serious option. The only reason was that the Thunder apparently a year ago logged some interest in Book Knight to see if he would come out after his freshman year at UConn and that they would probably take him in like the second round. Book Knight returned to school, vaulted into the top 10 or wherever he ended up getting the top 11. I, I, I love that pick for Charlotte, by the way. I think getting Book Knight at 11 is awesome. You potentially have your future co-star with LaMelo Ball, which is what I thought they needed to go with, with 11. And then they ended up getting Kai Jones later, I think, in a, some sort of trade, I think. Yeah, who everyone thought they were going to get at 11. Which so I never that, bought. So that was a great draft for them. Yeah, Charlotte had a good draft. Um, all right. Um, because we have to do this, your grade for the Warriors, they take Kaminga at 7, Moody at 14. What's your grade? B+. Plus. And yeah. the only reason it's not an A is that I would have loved to have seen them make a trade that gave them a, a more established NBA player. You know, there had been rumblings about maybe a trade for Cam, Cam Reddish, which yeah. I thought would have been great. Um, so the fact that not, nothing like that worked out, I'm gonna, I'm just going to knock it down to a B plus. But in terms of the scenario of keeping both picks, I thought this was a best-case scenario. Um, you know, you got Moody falling at 14, to me, that's kind of an easy pick to take him there. Considering who's on the board, yeah. Yeah, and then 
Kaminga falling to seven. I told you a million times, like my big thing was, is Kaminga going to be there at seven? And if he's there at seven, what are they going to do? And I personally yeah. wanted them to take him because I thought when you have that level of upside, you don't pass on it at that um, range of the draft. And obviously they agreed with you. I would give it a B. I still think Wagner would have been the better pick there. I still am skeptical about And he was taking it. It's not a coincidence that he was literally the next pick. He was the next pick. And um, look, I like I said, it's not an anti-Kaminga thing. It's not. I, I, I have been out in front of being like, I think he's dropping too far. And I think that the stuff on him is ridiculous. And I don't think that Scotty Barnes is that much better of a prospect, even though he went four to Toronto. I, I like Kaminga. I think he has the most upside of anybody in this draft. I'm not... I'm just skeptical that the Warriors could tap into it. That's my only concern. And I think with Wagner, I was less concerned. I thought if you would have went Wagner and then still gotten Moody at 14, then you can walk away and say, we handled all of our depth on the perimeter. Let's go out and get a veteran point guard and a stretch big and call it a day. I thought that Wagner would have gotten closer to competing. I don't know that Kaminga does that right now. It was forward-looking. It's great if that's what you're looking for. It's going to help you five, six, seven years from now, presumably. But... We'll see. You know, I again, I just haven't seen that player development side from the Warriors. They obviously knew something. They revamped their player development staff. We'll see how it happens. Um, but B, I give them a B. It's solid. It also doesn't matter what we grade them now because we're not going to know anything for three or four years. That'll do it for us today. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked on Warriors on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. Comment and leave a five-star rating. Read my work over at the San Jose Mercury News. You can reach me on Twitter at WC Goldberg or by email. W. Goldberg at BayAreaNewsGroup.com. You can follow Connor on Twitter, Con underscore Cron. And, of course, read his incredible work over at the San Francisco Chronicle. Enjoy your day. Thanks for listening. We'll see you here next week. Enjoy your weekend, everybody.